Welcome to Revive Energy Podcast. This month's theme is One More Day, tribute to Recovery Month and World Suicide Day. Around 800,000 people complete suicide each year. 107,000 had drug overdose death in the United States during 2021, and they increased nearly 15%. I know the numbers are not all in, but I just one of the quotes that I, uh, kind of speaks to me, especially during my hardest times, was from Juliet Lewis. She says, the bravest things I ever did was continuing my life when I wanted to die. Today, we have a new guest. His name is Brad Odo. I am so excited to have him on. Thank you, Brad. Just showing, joining us on the discussion, being part of just the, uh, the collective conversation on all these kind of subjects. Sure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. <laughs> No problem. I always have a disclaimer for those in the United States. You know, obviously, I have listeners around the world. I do encourage you to find what resources are available for you. But if you are in the United States, 988 is a new suicide crisis lifeline. Um, But at the same time, you know, I always say I don't like reinventing the wheel. If faith based is something that helped you, then do it. I I encourage it. I always say, uh, Brad, people say it better than I do, and that's totally fine. <laughs> uh, Alice Walker said it this way, the most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. Uh, what comes to mind when you hear this quote? Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I go back to when I was at the lowest point in my mental health journey um, when um, – I'm sitting in a, a mental health hospital uh, mm-hmm. for the very first time, and I feel completely helpless. Um, yeah. And thought that, yeah, I had no power uh, whatsoever uh, to to overcome what was happening. Uh, no power over my life. I was always a control person, and I had no control in that um, in that uh, instance. And, um, yeah, I, I didn't think I had any, uh, she's right. I did not think I had any power in that moment and I gave it up, uh, in those moments. And that was when I was at the lowest point. Yeah. You know, um, one thing I want to say to those listening is that, um, even, even the fact that, you know, going to a hospital, being, uh, admitted and patient, I understand I, I experienced that myself. One thing that we don't realize is we made a choice to go <laughs> we made yeah. a choice to get help <laughs> yeah uh, at the very least it doesn't seem very apparent at the time but it's right. still a choice nonetheless uh brad i always like my new guests to kind of have a, a moment to kind of share what brought them here why is this stuff important why do you like just a little bit, a bit about yourself um to those who are listening just give me a little moment to share your story anything that you feel comfortable sharing Sure. Um, so I am a Lutheran pastor. I've been a Lutheran pastor for 17 years um, and I'm married to my wife, uh, Stacy, um, for 17 years <laughs> as well. Uh, two kids. Uh, uh, my daughter is 12 and my son is seven. And uh, yeah, I, it, what brought me here is because mental health is important to me because I went through it just mm. about two years ago myself. Mm. Uh, I kept ignoring the signs. I kept denying that it was happening to me until it was too late, until you know, my wife said, you need to go get help. And so I went and got help. 
and uh, came back and really started to uh, walk a path of healing uh, mm -hmm. and, and really try to get my life back on track. And um, I, I wrote about it um, in my upcoming book. It's my first book. Uh, it's coming out uh, here in about a month. It's called mm. Finding Myself Again. And it's about my journey through that mental illness, mm -hmm. through finding inner peace again, and how mm. I did that, and what led me to find my inner peace again, and how I found healing in those moments. And so it has been a topic that is important to me. Uh, as a pastor, the church does not talk about it enough. Oh, yeah. um, I, I think that uh, mental uh, wellness is also connected to spiritual wellness in, yeah. in some way, regardless of your spirituality, right? I mean, regardless yeah. of your faith, regardless of what you do, it is a faith journey, um, and it is part of your story. And um, I, I've tried to weave the two together and every, everything that I've done and to bring awareness to the church to say, we have, especially coming out of COVID, we have pastors who are struggling. Um, they were tossed into a situation that they had no training in whatsoever. And uh, a lot of churches closed. They had a lot of pressure from the outside, uh, from the inside. And we have a huge mass uh, 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 quitting of pastors yeah. uh, because of mental health issues um, yeah. that burnt out. And so we need to bring awareness to that. So that's why this topic is really important to me. You know, I, I you know, you had a lot of points uh, for me because. I, I never, for me, being a church leader myself and just helping pastor, like pastor, I'm, um, I'm going to church with. I understand uh, just seeing the pressures. Uh, one, one time, I had a um, a pastor who was on FMLA leave, so I was in charge of everything at one point. Yeah, and I understand because it's very complicated. A lot of people don't understand. Um, someone's good news is someone's bad news. People exactly. forget that. So yeah. someone beats cancer and or is in um, remission and they're like, yay, amen. But at the same time, someone, if you're not careful enough, who's struggled, who just lost someone, is in the congregation. Yes. And it gets very tricky because, um, you know, um, you know, I even see it with after COVID, you know, my, my best friend and like locally is a pastor. And I just remember he would just he's young and i can imagine all the stress and the kind of tradition and you know you know a lot of times we ask the question are we just trying to maintain our faith <laughs> or yeah. we're trying to uh, you know and a lot of times we don't even ask the question why uh, for me obviously with revive ministry is not proselytizing i do treat it like a medical missionary of yeah. the discussion yeah uh, it does get tricky when um people but I do, like I said in the beginning, I do. If you, if faith based is, is has helped, I do encourage you find and and um, pursue that. But I also like that you brought up a topic that doesn't get talked about enough about about pastors being overwhelmed by the change of climate when it comes to mental health and um, you know just you know with pastors a lot of times when does it end? You know when when is your time off? You, like you go on the weekend. You, you prepare for church and then what everyone and everyone needs you and you kind of see especially um when churches started opening up how overwhelming it was and how different um things were 
changing and how people were resistant to change. And um, I find this topic, especially when it comes to faith-based and we think about mental health, people are like, well, they are very much connected. I do appreciate you, you writing that. But all those who are listening, I'll put the notes for you to find out more about the upcoming book. But anyway, when it comes to healing, you know, um, like yeah. I said, I don't proselyze. It It does come in various ways. You know, yes. sometimes we're just busy to be busy. You know, right, right. Taking, setting boundaries is not always a bad thing. You see that in churches and the enabling of overstretching yourself as a church leader and you're like uh, you're 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 denying your own needs despite yourself yes you know we're yeah. just human that's and right we're just human and a lot of times we we forget that and um what have you uh, what uh in the question healing can come various ways what have you seen personally that helped you in your healing and what has not um uh, so i think for, for me, um, what didn't help was um, psychiatric meds. Uh, it did not help me. I, I am not saying that it um, cannot help somebody who's listening right now. Mm-hmm. For me and my body and the way my body reacted to it, mm-hmm. it did not work for mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. so I had to find ways of healing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took the natural way. Um, I, uh, I went back, I learned meditation. Um, Mm -hmm. meditation was a huge factor in my healing. Uh, Mm -hmm. meditation has been around for centuries. It's Mm -hmm. now just kind of coming, uh, anew here in the West, like this Mm -hmm. mindfulness thing, you know, but honestly, meditation has been around for thousands of years and Mm -hmm. you can find it in, in any, um, any corner of the world. Um, we've just kind of lost it um, here in the West for a while. So meditation helped me. Um, uh, I started uh, eating right. I started mm-hmm. uh, all natural supplements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I kind of went the natural route. And mm-hmm. I, you said it. I set boundaries for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, boundaries are hugely important for you. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's okay to say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it's okay to say no uh, to people. Uh, I, I I read a book called Essentialism, and uh, it talked about you know always ask yourself is this the best utilization of my time and my mm. energy in this moment right mm. now? Mm. Uh, and so I cut out a lot of stuff uh, mm. because I always thought I had to be busy. I always thought I had to be doing stuff because mm. as a pastor, you know, there was this. There's always this unspoken thing that we only work once a week. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we have to be available to people 24 hours <laughs> yeah, yeah. a week. And mm-hmm. we work more than one day a week, everybody. We, mm-hmm. we literally do. <laughs> and, uh, and and I'm a yes guy. You know, if somebody mm-hmm. asks me to do something, you know, I'm like, sure, sure, I'll do it. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then I just started to see in this pile up, pile up, pile up, pile mm-hmm. up. I started ignoring my family. I, I started ignoring, like I said, the warning signs, all this sort of stuff. So I had to set clear boundaries for myself and I had to cut out things that were not the best use of my time, my energy, mm-hmm. and my resources. And mm-hmm. so those were the things that I think helped me uh, heal the most. Um, that and finding a way to forgive myself Mm -hmm. uh, that it was not my fault Mm -hmm. uh, that I was not a broken person 
that this was a part of me, but it did not have to define me. So mm. I had to find a way to forgive myself and love myself again, uh, mm. just in a new way. And that took some deep work. It is mm. a process. Mm. It does not happen overnight. Uh, meditation. I always tell people when I teach them meditation, I said, this does not happen overnight. You are not mm. going to be an instant meditator overnight mm. because you are retraining your brain. It's just like any other muscle in our body. Mm. You can't expect to go into the gym and come out ripped looking like the rock mm. after one time, right? Mm. So um, it's a process and it took me a good year mm. to, to get that way. So meditation, supplements, eating right, exercising more. Mm. Um, I did not exercise. I now go for daily walks. That helped me. And mm. then finding a way to forgive myself and love myself again. Those were all huge for me. I love what you're mentioning the whole, you know, the holistic view when it comes to mental health and healing when it comes to, our healing it's different like i said before it comes in various ways and yeah, medication is not everything i say this even when i work in the mental health field i know that that's not it that's not everything a lot of times it works sometimes it doesn't sometimes right. and, and there's not no fault against it you know everyone's circumstance is different but the reason why we care about this topic and that's how i've been trying to you know i think stigma a lot of times is just it's cultural, cultural too. You know, if you it look is. at the, it look at, even if you look at people who are, you know, you know, when I do Bible study or something, and they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, not rebuke, but they, answer, they question firmly. I would say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The thing is, a lot of times it's, uh, you know, there's, there's sometimes you read it, you know, one, one way, and I, you know, it's, it's old 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 staple of the way you see god is how you will treat yourself and others so if you see god as a vengeful angry or distant you kind of treat people you know it's not always a perfect science but it, it is something that i've kind of gauged when i talk to some people and what who are close to me yeah but when it comes to um, what you're talking you know health you know i feel a lot of times people don't realize that going out for a walk at the very least if you put boundaries you can actually think what's a priority. You know, we don't have time to think what a priority is when we're just like impulsively saying yes. Or, exactly. Yeah. So, and I feel the tradition that has been, um, you know, work hard, like this busyness, this overwhelming busyness to prove one's value has diminishes our presentness with each other. And I feel, for me at least, I, I whenever I make my tea or whatever, I sometimes, even at the hardest moment, I will just concentrate on each step of making my tea. I have like this process to slow myself down because I do my best work when I'm able to slow down. Mm -hmm. I think many of us do, but we don't really, we we look at the productivity, not the process. Yes. Do. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times in these cases, you know, many times resources and support can be hard. You know, one of the biggest resources that are limited in church setting just because it's people people's time people being there to help you yes. you can have all the equipment you need you can have all that but no one shows up or you know it's just you know people have lives so in regards to mental health is the same thing you know? yeah yeah my um 
my wife has this book uh, in untranslatable words in other countries. This is in Hindi. It says to God, ensuring that things happen even with the minimal resources. I find it unique that they have a word that defines that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that is very awesome. So, what helped you during the journey? You know, when you have all the barriers and scarcity, you don't know, of support, and what did not? You know, th- those times when you felt it was low. Yeah. Um... Community is so important, uh, and and uh, you know, for a lot of people who suffer with mental uh, illness, uh, uh, community is something that they lack. And uh, it, for me, it was community that helped. I had a staff that picked up the pieces for me, that covered for me uh, mm-hmm. when when I needed it. Uh, I had a family. I had uh, uh, friends who were here. Uh, for my wife and for my kids when I could not be mm-hmm. and so uh, that was huge for me now in terms of scarcity I, I must say it took me uh, probably two days of being on the phone trying to find a psychiatrist yeah uh, once I was out mm-hmm. uh, one that would take my insurance mm-hmm. and and two that I could even get in to see this side of the century mm-hmm. um, and so uh, the this that did not help by the way my anxiety yeah, yeah, whatsoever yeah. it, it was like back and forth back and forth and then mm-hmm. when I thought I found one it was like oh well, we don't take that type of insurance so it was just like uh, so, so yeah the lack of we have a problem in the United States with a lack of resources. Mm-hmm. If I have a heart problem, mm-hmm. right, and I'm at my doctor, my general practitioner doctor, he sends me to a cardiologist, mm-hmm. right? Um, sometimes in the mental health world, there's not a map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it feels like there's not a map um, because, you know, I say path to mental health, but a path assumes that there, there, there's, a, there's a map. Uh, sometimes there's no map and mm-hmm. hard to navigate that map, especially if you're trying to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was huge. And I'll tell you right now, the insurance company did not help uh, whatsoever. Uh, they actually made it more confusing for me uh, along the way. But uh, the, the community that was around me, the, mm-hmm. the people that were around me, the, my coworkers, they were the ones that got me through it and you know i read a statistic at some point it was like you're 30 percent more likely to overcome a mental illness if you have a supportive community around you that's mm. how important it is uh, yeah. have that support system um on your journey and for some people that's a barrier because they don't have that yeah right mm. and uh, but it's extremely important yeah yeah, and I, you know, when it comes to the community, it's 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 one thing we're not islands, you know. I, you know, some people are introverts, some people are extroverts, but at the same time, we need each other. And I right. feel um, when it comes to, unfortunately, you know, when it comes to mental health and resources, it is limited. Um, that's why, in 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 the sense that wherever you are it's hard to navigate and i'm saying this not to to pass blame or 
um, there's a scarcity in a lot of avenues when it comes to healthcare field. You know, you, you want dental dental stuff done dental a lot of times there's shortages and yeah for me it's that's where knowing and taking those times with your barriers to kind of say what does work you know we still in the beginning i'm like don't reinvent the wheel there's community um people that are there you know you, you know mental health is not a magic pill you know, there's no magic pill to help it. You know, the, you know, some things may help you through some hard times, but every day is not a crisis situation. Absolutely. You know, there. What one of the biggest things when I'm working with my clients, I ask them is, "What do you? What's your? What's your hobby?" You know, nowadays with the way people, especially even with COVID, you imagine you would be like, you know, you. No, they don't feel that they have a hobby or deserve one. It's kind of alarming how many times whenever I'm mm. working with clients and I ask them, do you have a hobby? Like, what? I'm, I'm allowed to have a hobby. Have a hobby. <laughs> and it's funny because you would think, you know, that would be something that, you know, with all the time spent maybe trying to get resources that might be. But what you notice is that, you know, there might be a tar on the side with dust on it. Not, you're not really very strong or not and and for me that in itself is a resource that people don't realize when it comes to hobbies uh, connecting with others yeah you know? yeah you know, uh, sometimes and i unfortunately um i think a good strong community and faith-based communities can do a good job of that i say can you know they can yeah. Yes. yeah and there's some that can't yeah exactly um, because i believe me i've met plenty of people who have been hurt by a faith community uh, mm. before as well um, which doesn't speak well um, to faith communities. I mean, it just means we have work to do out there, mm -hmm. folks. Um, um, but uh, yes, a faith community can help. Um, but just good supportive people around you. Yeah. Um, it doesn't even have to be a faith community. Yeah, it doesn't. Whatever community you have. Yeah, utilize it. And the thing is, there's no not one person, not one pastor has all the answers. I will no. say that right now. No, a lot of, a lot of times a pedestal um, kind of just kind of corrodes the community that's already there. Yes, yeah. there's, there's, there's not a top down, especially it's just people. You know, each each person that you see, whether you're in church or in the AA or whatever you're at, you know, those people uh, unfortunately may go be going through a lot, and building the healthy, positive support around you. It's not going to be perfect. You know, you said it before. You know, if you're, if I just pick up a soccer ball, I'm like, I'm going to be like, messy. it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. But, but <laughs> at the same time, it sounds, it makes sense. But a lot of times we don't put enough time or value in our mental health. We're like, well, you know, I should get this over with in a few days, a week, I'll be done. But if this problem has been setting into you for years, logically rationally it doesn't make sense that it would you know it, it's, it's a process of healing that is the healing itself and like when you have a community you can share and the beautiful thing is what you learned what i learned whatever can be passed on may help someone may not the service of it also is a good thing uh i've seen volunteerism being whether being active in community especially when you're doing a little bit better can be something of a good reminder of where you were and kind of ways to help your own community that you're ready yeah, in. Absolutely. Yeah. Any pivotal milestones that you or, or lessons that help propel you to where you are today? You know, we talked a lot of them 
um, of little ones. But anything that stands out to you that you want to share as we wrap up? Um, I think for me, a milestone for me that helped propel me forward was, um, it was a reminder from my wife. Uh, we had taken a, uh, a trip to Washington DC and I was still kind of in, in the middle of just getting off of medications and all of that sort of stuff. So I was kind of detoxing at that moment. And, Um, just absolutely broke down at the dinner table one night and I'd never done that before in my life. And, um, I said, uh, I said to her, I said, I'm tired of being this way. And she said, um, but look how far you've come. Mm -hmm. And she said, look, look at the steps you have taken. Mm. And I think for me, that was a pivotal moment because no matter how small a step forward you take, Mm. Mm. it's still a step forward. And a lot of times we want to take these giant leaps. Mm. And when it comes to, when it comes to working through and healing through these things, sometimes it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. And to just realize and to celebrate those small wins, mm-hmm. right? To celebrate the small wins and to not take them lightly. And that was a huge pivotal lesson and moment for me and right in the middle of my healing that really kind of changed the way I looked at my journey of healing uh, mm-hmm. to realize yeah, you know what? <laughs> it was it was four months ago. I was still in a mental hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Look where I am now. I'm on a vacation with my wife in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's huge, mm-hmm. you know. So it, you know, celebrate the small wins and just remember, just the small step forward is still a step in the right direction. Uh, and it may not seem like a lot, but a lot of small steps <laughs> add up really quickly and i you know they do and i feel when we're able to say no a little bit more often and we're able to say you know what i need time i'm not doing well but you know investing in yourself saying i want you start remembering that you know it's you're not valued because you got it you're perfect you're valued with who you are you're valued You know, and you start piecing together that all these other fluff is just fluff. At the end of the day, you are, you know, I'm, I'm Robert. You're Brad. That's the basic model. And the the times we add all these, well, you know, I have this title. I've done this. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, when you're in the hospital, when you're when you're when you're you're struggling, you look back and you, you you're reminded of yeah those small steps. You know sometimes it's some small steps forward and a few back. Yeah. Maybe the best thing you could do is get out of bed. That's it. Yeah. Or the, like like we said in the beginning when you were went to the mental uh, the hospital the mental hospital, you, you felt helpless. But at that point, you made a choice to get help. Yeah, and that's that's a point yeah. that people don't. You know, a lot of times, you know, eight hundred thousand we mentioned in the beginning. Eight hundred thousand are not here each year. Eight hundred thousand around the world. I feel that you're if you're still here listening, that's 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 a victory in itself. You're struggling, mm-hmm. get the help, find the help that's there. That's and right. Final, 
any final thoughts you want to share with those i'm going to put the information about your book you know uh, sure. on the notes anything else thank you, you and share? no i i would just say yeah um you're not alone uh there are people who are there for you there are people who have gone through this for you uh with and have gone through it um just like you have and so uh look um yeah it may be a part of you but it doesn't have to define your entire life mm-hmm. um love yourself for who you are um you know i i have a saying um that i learned and that is um uh when you change the way you look at things mm-hmm. the things you look at begin to change yeah. and um that was that was helpful for me uh as i came through the healing process you know we mentioned the community you know a lot of communities have home you know when when you're in a home a safe home accountability is not a bad word wanting right. to be better is not a bad word right. <laughs> you know it, it feels and at the same time those little steps will seem bigger when you start valuing where you're going yeah it's not where you're at so i want to say with thank you again brad for sure, sure thank you thank you here. for having me Revive Ministries, I just want to um, remind those listening, go to the website, ReviveMinistriesFL.com, where we have YouTube and we have Facebook, but find most of our content and where to get linked to is on our website. This is goodbye from Revive Ministry Podcast, leaving with this last quote. It's from F. Scott Fitzgerald, and he said, never confuse a single defeat with a final defeat. Mm.